Amen. How many of you have your Bibles tonight? Oh, I want you to turn to a special passage of Scripture of mine. First Chronicles 4, 9 and 10. First Chronicles 4, 9 and 10. And when you're there, I want you to say, I'm there, Pastor. And if you didn't bring your Bible and you're not scrolling to it, you just go, oh, Jesus, help me. Nobody said that. Okay, good. We want to look at what's called the, the Jabez prayer, the prayer of Jabez. Now, let me, let me say to you that, uh, this, these two verses, uh, exploded on the scene, uh, oh gosh, many, many years ago when a man by the name of Bruce Wilkinson wrote a book called The Prayer of Jabez about these two verses. I'm going to read them to you, and I'm just going to tell you a little bit. And then we're going to, as the, as the subtitle was, uh, Life Lessons from a Nobody. Jabez was a nobody. I mean, uh, and I'll show you that in, in a very real sense in just a few moments. His family were nobodies. He's from a family of nobodies. Uh, we don't know who his parents were, uh, and I'll... I'll uh, I'll, I'll expound upon that momentarily, but I want you to read these two verses. Follow along with me. Uh, and you can throw them up there. Uh, let's read them together. Here we go. Now, J- you don't have to read out loud, but I'll read them to you. Now, Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. And his mother's ca- mother called his name Jabez. Everybody say Jabez. Saying, because I bore him in pain. Now, you just have to know Jabez means he will cause pain. Now, wouldn't you, wouldn't you just feel good if your mama called you? Uh, it's kind of like the boy named Sue. I don't know if you remember that. That uh, Anybody remember the, the song, The Boy Named Sue? Uh, okay, what on earth was she thinking? Uh, but, uh, in fact, let me pause and say, uh, you know, names from a biblical standpoint many times meant something. We, we You named people... Uh, and it kind of identified them by their name. Uh, and it, so, so it says, um, he was called Jabez because I bore him. His mother said he was called Jabez because I bore him in pain. And Jabez called on the God of Israel saying, Oh, that you would bless me indeed and enlarge my territory, that your hand would be with me and that you would keep me from evil, that I might not cause pain. And I love the last, so God granted him what he requested. Let's read that last line out loud together. So the Lord granted him what he requested. Say it again. So the Lord granted him what he requested. God answered Jabez's prayer. What a profound prayer. Oh, that you would bless me indeed. That, that your hand would be with me. Did I say name up there? That your name would, should be hand. That your, that your hand would be with me. And that you would keep me from evil. That I might not cause pain. So God granted him his request. And so that's the prayer of Jabez. Two verses. Now, interesting thing about Jabez. This is the only place you ever hear about Jabez. You don't hear about Jabez. In fact, this is in the middle of genealogy. The genealogy really of David and how it all comes down and, and really, uh, more specifically, the family of Judah, uh, that, uh, in the middle of the genealogy. Everybody say genealogy. 
How many of you are tempted to skip over genealogy when you start reading the Bible and you get into genealogy? Uh, and you just go, oh, uh, uh, give me down to something more deep. Right in the middle of genealogy. In fact, the author, anybody know or can guess the author of First Chronicles, First and Second Chronicles, who, other than the Holy Spirit, uh, anybody know? Now, don't start Googling now. I know some of you are already Googling. Anybody know the author? La-dee-da-da, la-dee-da. No guesses? Most people, most theologians, in fact, some of the Jewish writings that are not that are extra biblical, they're not from, from, from the Bible, uh, suggest that Ezra wrote Nehemiah, uh, pardon me, Ezra wrote first, first and second chronicles. Uh, and so as Ezra is writing first and second chronicles and he's in the middle of genealogy, just, uh, you know, the sons, the firstborn, the begats, all of a sudden in the middle of this family line of Judah, Jabez pops up. It doesn't say who Jabez mom and dad. It's like he breaks away from the standard genealogical, uh, you know, uh, history and throws in this guy Jabez without telling us who his daddy or mom ever was. In fact, his mom and daddy were nobodies. Nobody knows them. But evidently Jabez in his life made such an influence at the very least on Ezra, and certainly we know the Holy Spirit inspired Ezra, Jabez's life so impacted God, come on now, that God looked down, I'm supposed to be teaching now, I'm preaching, God looked down in the middle of a family of nobodies and said, that nobody, that pain, he made such an impact on me uh, with his faith and his prayer that I'm throwing him into the mix here. In other words, God transformed a nobody into a somebody. And I'll never, I'll, I'll, I'll never forget even my former pastor, Pastor Jeff Wickwire, when we were in Quitman, he preached a message from the prayer of Jabez. I can't remember much about it, but then uh, Bruce Wilkinson came along and wrote the book that just went wildly crazy. You could get it and read it. It'd be awesome. Bruce Wilkinson's a great author. Uh, and uh, I'll never forget my friend, Pastor Jeff, said, Golly, he beat me to the punch. I mean, because it went wild. And, and people all over the nation around the world were praying the prayer of Jabez. I pre I think we did a series on it years ago. I know I've preached on it and talked from it uh, before. Uh, but uh, here's why I bring this back to you. This week while I was in Mexico, I just I told you Sunday I was praying and meditating every morning while, you know, in the, in the mornings, late mornings and afternoons, we had dig wells and repair wells. Well, early... In the morning, I was digging wells in the spirit. I was, I was plowing down into the, into the spiritual realms in the morning and listening to the voice of God. And I think I sent you an email, uh, last week or week before that said, you know, I'm going to begin to this year as we finish out this year, I'm going to do my best to just listen and hear what God has to say and share it with you. So as I began to pray and meditate last week, the prayer of Jabez came back to me and I just began to mull it over and meditate on it a little bit. And so I have some thoughts tonight from the prayer of Jabez, uh, uh, 
life lessons from a nobody. Uh, and, uh, and so you can jot these down. I think they'll be beneficial to you. The first life lesson that, it, that, that I want to show you is this. I think it's profoundly important. It is this. Our identity should not be determined by the opinion or pain of others. Let's read that out loud. Our identity should not be determined by the opinion or the pain of others. Mama had a pain. And so she labeled Jabez, he will cause pain. Can you imagine how hard it would be to get a date? Hello, my name's, I'll cause you pain. That just kind of, that's kind of a turnoff, isn't it, ladies? I mean, think about it. I mean, it's kind of a turnoff, you know. And, and for whatever reason, now, now interesting insight, listen carefully. His mother, it, we don't know her name. Now, I don't want to be critical, but I just have to be a little critical. You just don't call, you just don't name your kid. He will cause pain. I mean, just think, what was she thinking? She was endeavoring to stamp an identity on him because of the pain of her life. Listen carefully to me. Others around you, if you're not careful, will try to identify, they will try to uh, uh, stamp you with an identity that is not God's plan or purpose for your life. Parents, are, if we're not careful, we'll do it. In fact, on a very lighthearted note, uh, when my kids, my, oh, let me just tell you what my wife is doing uh, and we're doing. I don't know if you know this or not. Nobody panic. Our house has been for sale and we have a contract on it and it's, and it, uh, if everything goes right, it'll, it'll close on December 10th or 11th. Everybody's asking me, uh, oh, where are you going? We don't have a clue. The next question they ask, are you leaving this area? I don't think so. Ha, in fact, I have no plans to. So nobody panic. I have people pan, panicking. They pastor selling his house. Oh, what's he doing? Uh, well, my wife, we've been going through stuff and junk and, 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 and all this memorabilia and cleaning house. Uh, and if, and I call it, I'm just going to say it, decrapifying. I don't know if you do that or not, but that, oh, it's serious. I mean, it's serious in our house. Uh, and a lot of memorabilia from Quitman. When my kids, Lara Beth went through, she, she, we, she went through and got her stuff and she, she went down memory lane a little last night and Nathan's not, he showed up and he did not want to go down memory lane and he's throwing out things. Mom's going, no, don't throw that away. Uh, and, uh, and, but let me tell you what Quitman had already begun to do to my children. Stamp an identity on them. And it was identity of, of second class. There was a pecking order in Quitman. Right, Larbeth? If you weren't up here, you were down here. And they had identified my children as down here. And I told them when we moved to Lumberton, I said, guess what? You can be whatever you want to be. You don't have to be what they said you would be or what, uh, uh, you know, these people. And I love the people of Quitman, but understand that was is a small town thing and that's what happened. And others were trying to to place an identity upon someone uh, uh, that was not valid and good. And here we got Jabez. Jabez, man, he refused it. In fact, if you read the last part of his prayer, the whole purpose for his prayer I will not be a pain. 
He was counteracting what others said about him, what others tried to place upon him, and others' opinion of him. And so, great life lesson. In fact, Jabez uh, was of the family of the tribe of Judah. Now, if you remember Judah, uh, Judah, uh, oh gosh, it was, was it Leah? Leah bore, uh, I get all my names mixed up. She bore him, this was her last child. And when, I don't know if it was because she was, Thanking God it was her last child. When, when he was born, she named him, uh, Judah, uh, because, and then it says she ceased to bear children. Judah means praise. Everybody say praise the Lord. So now the, the, the family lineage of, of Jabez is a lineage of praise and thanksgiving to God. And in the middle of the, and so somehow, some way, Jabez moved past what mama called him and went back to his roots of who he came from and, and was able to tap into his true heritage and his true identity in God. He said, I'm not going to be a pain. And that's what, why he prayed. In fact, did you know the tribe of Judah? If you go to the end of the book in Revelation 5, 5, you're going to find Jesus, the, the, the lion. Everybody go, raw. He's the lion of the tribe of Judah. You see, this little fellow named Jabez was in the middle of the heritage of Jesus Christ. And there's, a, how many of you know there's always one sour apple in the middle of the bunch? And his mama evidently was a sour apple in the middle of the bunch. And she just refused, she just put this on him. He said, not me. So, hey, catch that. Our identity should not be determined by the opinion or pain of others. Don't let others' negative experiences Mark you. Are you with me? Say amen. In fact, here's a contrast. I don't have time. Anybody ever heard of Nabal, N-A-B-A-L, in the Bible? Everybody say Nabal. I, I don't know his story completely, but I do know this. His mama named him Nabal. Fool. Now, there's another bad apple in the book. Why would you call your, your child a fool? Here, that'd be, again, hard to get a date. Now, Nabal became very wealthy, but Nabal followed through with the, with the heritage of his identity. And he, be, he was foolish, and he wouldn't listen, and he died a fool. That's a great contrast. You see, just because somebody says you're foolish or just somebody says you're a pain doesn't mean you have to be foolish and it doesn't mean you have to be a pain. Could I get a better amen? Okay. So that's a great life lesson for us. And I'm telling you, there's a world out there trying to label us. I mean, just think from an economic standpoint. If your mom and daddy were economic, uh, economically, uh, 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 you know, not well off, uh, and they just say, well, you, you know, that's just the way we are. Have you ever heard somebody say, well, that's just the way it is in our family. That's just the way it goes. My daddy was an alcoholic. My mama's an alcoholic. My brother's an alcoholic. I'm an alcoholic. Everybody say, not me. So, so Nabal did not resist the identity that was put upon him, the label that his mom gave him. Jabez resisted it. And so we've got to resist those labelings by really by the, the pain or the opinions of others. Did you know when people have pain, they try to defer it to you? When people got issues, 
How many of you know, you ever met anybody that had issues and so, so, uh, because they had issues, they just gonna have an issue with you? Because they're trying to defer their issue off to somebody else? Uh, hey, uh, so there's, there's a good thing to learn from Jabez. I pondered that a while, uh, and so I want you to as well. Number two, the content of our character, here's another thought, is developed or destroyed by the trials and tribulations of life. The choice is yours. Let me read it again. The content of our character is developed or destroyed by the trials and tribulations of life. The choice is yours. Look what it says about him. The first statement. I love this. I love this. I love this. I mean, I think of Ezra and of course the Holy Ghost, but Ezra, something about Jabez. I don't know how many brothers he had, but he came to a place in life where he realized I've got, I'm, I'm swimming upstream here. I'm, I'm going against the grain here. I'm, I'm battling an identity that everybody has put on me. And so therefore, I've got to do whatever I can. I've got to do double time to find a place of respect and honor, not only in this community and in this family, but in God's eyes. He was more honorable. Everyone say honorable. Now, can you pause with me for a moment? Everybody put the pause button on. I'll just throw you a little side thing I found this week. In in this verse, there's two words that have two totally different meanings. Honorable has two totally different meanings depending on how you use it. This one in a very positive sense. He was more honorable. It's the same word... in the Old Testament where we're commanded to honor your father and mother. It's to say, it's exactly what you would think it would be. But there's another usage of the same word, which is just bizarre to me. Uh, Pharaoh, there's, it's a negative, mm, Pharaoh, uh, hardened his heart. It's the same word. Everybody go, well, I, I just pondered. Now, I'm just pausing here. I'm not going anywhere with this. Other than to say, there are, how many of you know there are words in English that mean both good things and bad things? And so I just threw that out for you. Another one, uh, um, I'll have to, oh, cried unto the Lord, I think is a different one. I'll look at that in a minute. But anyway, there's the pause. I just threw that out just for free. It's just a thought. Okay. Now, and so, so he was more honorable than his brothers. And here's the deal, what you and I've got to understand about character. Our trouble can either make us or break us. The choice is ours. It can either be a building block of your character or, or, a, or, or a battering ram to your character. And how many of you know people in the middle of trouble... Uh, it becomes a battering ram to them and, and they get mad at God and they're angry with God and they don't understand. Now, why is this to me? And I'm going to keep And the issues of life and they just get all frothed up against God and man because there's a problem in life. It's amazing to me uh, how people have a problem with a problem because life is filled with problems. In fact, Turn over, turn over to James. Let me just read James just a second here. If I can find him. He's over there close. Oh, he's past Hebrews, right? There it is. James chapter 1. 
Now, here's what the writer of James says concerning issues, trials and tribulations. Brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. How, would, how many of you believe that Jay, Jabez's name was a bit of an issue? Again, hard to get a date or a job. Brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. In other words, how you view your problems, how you view and handle your issues, determines whether determines the content of your character. And we see this with Jabez. He was more honorable. In fact, man, you know, here's the thing. When something comes against you uh, this much, you've got to do more than just come back at it again with that much. Now, did you get what I just said? It just came to me. But I think it's a good word. Good word. When something comes against you with this much, you can't just come back at it with that much. You've got to overwhelm this thing. You gotta kick it in high gear. You gotta attack. You gotta be on attack mode and just say, no, this ain't happened to me. This is gonna be a building block in my life and not a battering ram. And, 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 and I'm going to embrace this issue and I'm gonna count it all joy because I know in the end, God has my best interest at heart. And that's what, undoubtedly what happened with Jabez's life. How could he have been more honorable than all his brothers? Ezra, the first thing he says, no, what? Jabez, whoo, more honorable than all his brothers. I mean, who knows how long? I, we don't, I, if I was a smart guy, I could tell you when this was written and maybe even how long Jabez had been in the grave. I don't know, but he, I don't know if he's still alive. I don't know how long, but his life and the way he lived his life in the face of trouble and opposition and a negative identity placed upon him by his mean old mama. <laughs> he was more honorable than all his brothers. So the content of our character is developed or destroyed by the trials and tribulations of life. The choice is ours. Undoubtedly, Jabez made the right choices. Amen. How many of you heard people give excuses for their character? I can't help it. I was raised in a bad neighborhood. I can't help it. My daddy this, my mama that. It's just the way it was. They... Hey, and, and I'm not demeaning people's pain, but listen, you can't let your pain be a battering ram to your character and use that as an excuse. Hallelujah. Somebody say amen. Number three, just some things I've been thinking about. Our past does not have to be the prophetic voice of our future. If our past was the prophetic voice of our future, most of us would not be here tonight. Maybe a few. But Jabez did not let his past predict his future. 
And if we let our past be a, predict, a prophetic voice to our future, we'll miss God's purpose for our life. And the past is a, is a, is a terrible thing to live with. I'm going to say this again. The past is a terrible thing to live with. That's why Paul said, I'm forgetting those things which are behind. Read that in Philippians 3. In fact, Isaiah says, uh, remember not the former things, neither consider the things of old. I think that's Isaiah. It's popped out. It's not in my notes. Uh, and so the past is a terrible thing to live with. You can't live with the past. You know, I'm looking at, back here. We got young high school, uh, graduates now in college. We've got, uh, you know, I'm, I, am I the only oldest person in here? I'm 59. Anybody here older than 50? Oh, come on. Really? I wouldn't ask you. I'm not even going to ask you how old you are. Anybody here older than 59 other than Michelle? Y'all both are? Okay. I just was feeling old. I got the wisdom over here and that's a wisdom section. Pardon me. Pardon me? What'd she say? Oh, well, happy birthday. I'm not going to ask how much. That's rude. That's rude. See, I got so distracted. I'm not real sure uh, why I got off on ages. Uh, but, uh, I, in fact, I really don't even... Oh, the past. Uh, the pa- Let me just... It's a terrible thing to live with. Okay? We all have a past, right? For even from the youngest to the oldest. That's what was my point. I'm there now. But let me tell you what the past will do. And, they, and if you've been around me, you've heard these before. The past can paralyze you. If you just keep looking back, it'll paralyze you. You remember, remember Lot's wife. What happened to her when she looked back? She turned to a pillar of salt. It's, per, it's, it's paralyzing. If all you think about is the past, even the good, and you know, again, we're reminiscing and my wife loves this. Oh, she brings me, she's reading every card, everything. I'm, in fact, I, 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 I said, Beverly, if you read every one, uh, we'll never make it out of here. Throw it away. She's a very sentimental person. And, uh, and, and I understand, well, I kind of understand that. In fact, I was going through my junk. I was going through my junk. And you know what I found? I found a little memory book. Of my high school girlfriend who made, she made a memory book for me. You know what I did with it? I threw that puppy away. I didn't even feel funny when I did. I went, what on earth is that still doing in here? That's the past. Hallelujah. And the past not only will paralyze you, the past will punish you. You ever had the if onlys? The regret syndrome. If only we'd have done this differently. If only I wouldn't have let that happen. If only she hadn't said that. If only it's it, it's a punisher. That's why Paul said, "I forget this stuff." If you if you dwell on it, it'll paralyze. It'll punish you. Number three, it'll poison you. I've met people in my life who you they start erping stuff up. You'd think that they had just been through the most traumatic thing ever. And you get to poking around there and you realize they're talking about stuff that happened 20, 30 years ago. 
What happened? The past poisoned them. I told you this before. I'm not a very good counselor, but I've tried. I had a lady in my office years ago in Quitman, and uh, she was having marital issues, and I'm sitting there talking to her, and she said, she's just, boy, this God hurt me. These men do all this. Then she said this, all men are cheaters. And I said, say what? She said, all men cheat. I said, you're talking to a man who has not. What you have happened to you, you have been poisoned. Your past experiences have poisoned you. Your picker is broke. You getting that? You picking the wrong people. You picked a couple of cheaters and so you think everybody else is cheaters. You're poisoned. In fact, the Bible says that, that, uh, uh, oh, I wish I remember these guys' names. It might have been a guy that, that they were, they were poisoned by bitterness. They were bitter and it was like a poison and a cancer in their life. And so you can't let the past be a prophetic voice for your future. Somebody say amen. And then here's one more, and I'll break it down a little more for you tonight. Uh, our temporary moments should not create permanent mindsets. Temporary moments should not create permanent mindsets. Now, when you think of Jabez, his name was uh, was kind of permanent, but how many of you know his life on planet Earth was temporary? Okay, and he he allowed... Something that was temporary, uh, or, or he could have allowed uh, this temporary th to create a permanent mindset in his life. Well, I guess I am a pain. And if I, my mama says I'm a pain, I guess I'm going to be a pain. Because that's what mama said I'm going to be. Bless God, I'm going to give her some more pain. I'm going to be a pain because she says I'm a pain. She thinks I was a pain when she was born. Bless God, you wait till I become a teenager. I'm going to give you. So you, you think that was pain? I'm going to give you pain. She, he, she, he could have done that. And people do that all the time. And it becomes a mindset. Uh, the scripture from a biblical standpoint in 2 Corinthians 10, I believe, it's a stronghold in our mind, a castle in our mind, a mindset that has to be pulled down and destroyed. There you go. And so you can't let these momentary moments, these, these issues, these problems, these things, these traumas, these struggles, these this backlash, this the, all this issue of life cause you to create a permanent mindset. All men are cheaters. Or turn it on God. God hadn't answered my God's not answering my prayer. You get a mindset. about people, about life, about you. I'm just a nobody. I'm just a pain. I'm a failure. I'm toe jam. That's pretty bad if you think you're toe jam. 
You understand what I'm saying? You can't let these things develop permanent mindsets in you and belief systems that are absolutely wrong. Have you ever believed something that later you realized that was just flat out wrong? And you went, why on earth did I believe that? Now, let me break it down for Jabez with you. Let me give you some thoughts, things I've been thinking about. Let's look at the prayer. Number, verse 10. And Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, everybody say, Jabez called. This, this is the word that has two meanings. This is interesting to me. I love this. And we're going to find out that Jabez took both meanings and, and, and blended them together for one super powerful impact, uh, impacting meaning. The first one, uh, in fact, the, the Hebrew word is Q-A-R-A. I, I wouldn't know how to pronounce that. Uh, and, and the first meaning is just like what you think, to call out to. Just like what it was, uh, Jabez called out to God. You know, the Bible says, call unto me and I will answer you. But the other meaning, in fact, let me turn over and read it to you. Genesis 42, Genesis 42. The other meaning, I'm going to get there. Genesis 42, verse 4 says this, But Jacob did not send Joseph's brothers, uh, and, uh, brother Benjamin, with his brothers, for he said, lest some calamity befall them. Everyone say, befall them. Same word. One, one usage here in, in, uh, uh, in Jabez prayer, Jabez called out to God. And then over here, a negative sense, he wouldn't send his brothers lest some calamity befall them. Everyone say befall them. Now, the, to befall, the other thought is to befall or a cost. Now, here's the interesting thing. This, this, we think of accosted as physical harm, but it's not. To be accosted means to approach and ad- and address someone boldly or aggressively. To approach someone boldly or aggressively. Somebody getting up uh, like a nosy pepper, jalapeno business. Getting up in your face and 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 telling you what's going on. Those are two different, totally different meanings, right? But Jabez, he blends both of these together. He calls upon God and boldly comes up into the presence of God. Oh man, I got out of my stool, look out. And he, in a, in a positive sense, now let me tell you something, to God, this is a positive thing. In a positive sense, he comes boldly and aggressively up to God and says, Oh, that you would bless me indeed. Got jalapeno business. I mean, he got right up in God's business. He didn't say, he didn't say, Oh, that you would bless me indeed. I'm a pain. My mama called me a pain and I've just been a pain. Mm-mm. Everybody, mm-mm. In fact, what does Hebrew say? Let us come boldly before the throne room of grace that we might find mer- obtain mercy and find grace 
to help us in time of need. What God wants us to do is not be mamby-pamby in our praying and, and, and our approach to God. Hey, and, 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 and this is how Jabez com- combated these negative mindsets in his life. Something got built on the inside of him that gave him that he was more honorable than all his brothers. Man, this guy had some gumption. He had some unction in his gumption. And he got right up in God's face and he said, Oh, that you would bless me indeed and enlarge my territory. Now, if he had been listening to mama, he would have never done that. He would have just said, Well, if I'm a pain to my mama, I'm probably a pain to God. If my mama doesn't love me, I know God doesn't love me. Didn't do that. Everybody, uh-uh. Jabez called. Whew, we should save that for Sunday. That was that's a little overwhelming to me. Did you see the picture? He didn't let, hey, he didn't let the mindset of this world. Here, number two, Jabez believed. Now, it doesn't say in this verse that Jabez had faith. But his actions reveal he had faith. The fact that he did what he did determines that he believed God. In fact, the statement that he makes is almost not a request. Almost. Think about it. Oh, oh, that you would bless me indeed. It's almost like a declaration. And enlarge my territory. Whew. Now, let's go back to, to his heritage. Judah, go backwards. Go backwards. Go backwards. Who do you find? Abraham, the father of our faith. Who believed God and it was accounted to him to righteousness. Somehow, someway, through these generations, the faith of God continued to pass from generation to generation and Jabez got it. Even when mom and daddy evidently didn't get it, we don't even know their name. They weren't even in the, in the lineage. They, they were not, uh, you know, important enough to talk about other than they begat the pain who believed God in the face of his issues. He was a man of faith. Jabez called. Jabez believed. Number three, Jabez humbled himself. How do you know Jabez doesn't sound very humble? Well, let me tell you something. He's more honorable. Everybody say more honorable. Let me tell you something. Honor does not come without humility. In fact, Proverbs 15, 33, before honor is humility. God would not have said that Jabez was more honorable if he had not got it righteously. You can't get honor right unrighteously. You've got to get it righteously. And the only way you get honor righteously is to walk humbly before God. And, and, it, and humility comes before honor. He humbled himself. He was a man of humility. Let me tell you something. A lot of people mistake weakness with humility. Let me tell you something. Weakness, uh, in fact, humble people are some of the most bold people on earth because they've got into the presence of God and they know who God is. Jabez humbled himself. In fact, what did Peter say in 1 Peter 5, 6? He got this by way of the school of hard knocks, by the way. 
Because he said, I will never deny you. Didn't he? That's the chicken crowing. Jesus, the rooster, crowed three times. Yeah, the chicken don't crow. Do they? The rooster. We had them in Mexico. I know that. And when it happened the third time, he realized he had denied the Lord three times. And he went out and he wept bitterly. And so in 1 Peter 5, 6, he said, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. Everybody say mighty hand of God. Now, just kind of jump back to Jabez. What did he say? Oh, that you'd bless me indeed and enlarge my territory that your hand would be with me. Here, here Peter, he says, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that He may exalt you in due time. Jabez understood that process. Okay? Jabez humbled. And then Jabez envisioned. Jabez had a vision from God. Man, he, he said this. He said that you would enlarge my territory. Man, he, he believed God for, for not just a little bit, but for a lot. In fact, uh, I remember this from the book of Jabez. This is about the only thing I can remember. That when he said, oh, that you would bless me indeed, that word indeed is abundantly. And then when he said enlarge my territory, it was like an overwhelming request to enlarge his border. In fact, that territory means border. My sphere of influence. Enlarge my sphere of influence this way. Enlarge my sphere of influence that way. Lord, enlarge my sphere of influence this way and that way. Enlarge my board. He had a vision for his life and it wasn't to sit soaking sour, but to take over for God in Jesus' name. Amen. Not just to hold the fort till Jesus comes, but to take over the fort and everything around it. Amen. He had a vision for his life. And that vision went way beyond what his mom and daddy evidently thought he would be. His vision was not contained by the thoughts and, 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 and influences of others. He got a vision from God and he boldly came before God, boldly but humbly came before God and said, Oh, that you would bless me indeed and enlarge my territory. What does Proverbs twenty nine eighteen say? Anybody know? You ought to know you don't know, you need to memorize this. Without a vision, the people perish. Proverbs 29, 18. Without a vision. One, one uh, translation says, without a prophetic revelation. Without a word from God. Without a direct, without a vision, the people perish. And Jabez had a vision. Listen. Where there's vision, there will always be provision. God will make a way. And that's what happened with Jabez. Again, against all odds. Just think about Jabez doing business. I'd like to purchase this from you. Well, what's your, let's sign on the dollar. What's your name? Well, my name is, I'm going to be a pain to you. Oh, I mean, I'm just think about it. Think about the reality of that. Beyond all of that, he envisioned greatness, not for himself but for the glory of God. And then we find Jabez asked. He just asked. In fact, I love this. Remember what, remember what tribe he's from? Anybody remember? Tribe of Judah, which means 
praise. When he said this, this is the coolest thing. I'm still chewing on this. Oh, that you would barack me indeed. We all sing it. And I will bless the Lord. Oh, my soul. I will barack the Lord. Jabez from the from the tribe of praise used a praise word to ask God to pour out on Oh, that you would barack me. Not praise and adore and as a sense of being God. But bless me as I've endeavored to bless you. He just used that word. Oh, that you would bless me indeed. He asked God. What did James say? You have not because you ask not. I think of the... I'm, I'm just thinking off the top of my head. Uh, the One of the miracles in the Old Testament, the Elijah, Elisha, I can't remember. He said, go buy vessels and bring not a few. And uh, they needed oil. And so they brought the vessels and they kept bringing vessels and they, the, the, the crews of oil didn't run dry. And you know when the crews of oil run dry? When they ran out of vessels, which means if they'd have kept bringing vessels, they could have kept getting the flow of God. And so sometimes we just bring a little when we should bring a lot. We should ask God for the big things. We should go for the gold. And it's not just, uh, just so, and, and, and you know, you know, because you know his heart, you know he's humble. You know he's honorable. You know he's got a right motive here. He's not wanting to, to just get all he can and can the rest. He's got a purpose and a plan. He asked God and, and he was bold to ask God to bless him indeed. And Jesus taught us the same thing. Matthew 6, when you pray, say this, give us this day our daily bread. We've got to ask. And then finally, Jabez desired. He had a desire. Let me give you his desires. He desired provision from God, absolutely. And he got it, by the way, because it says the Lord granted him what he requested. He desired the power of God. Because he said, he said that your hand would be with me. That's a reference to the power and the authority of God. In fact, it's a, re you've ever heard in scripture, uh, the, the, in fact, I, I'd, I'd have to look up some passages. You know, he talked about the right hand of God. It's a representation of his all, uh, all authority and all power. And, and so when he says that your hand would be with me, he was desirous of the power and the authority of God to be with him always. He desired the presence of God. That same phrase, that your hand would be with me, uh, is a reference to the realization that, hey, I don't want your presence with a T without your presence with a C. It's kind of like Joshua. When God says, you can go on in and take it, but I'm not going with you. God said that. And Joshua said, well, if you're not going, we're not going. We want your presence. We don't want your presence. And God said, I'll give you all my presence with the T. But you're not going to have my presence with the C. And Jake, uh, Joshua said, so well, if we're not going to get your presence with the C, this is my translation, y'all do understand that. You won't find this phrase in scripture. It's a, if you, if, 
If we don't have your presence with a C, we don't want your presence with a T. Well, that's the way it was with Jabez. He wanted the presence of God. And then he, then he desired the protection of God. He said that you would keep me from evil. Think he hadn't experienced some evil in his life? The devil on his back. You know, the devil was still real back then. I mean, he's, he's been after people since Adam and Eve. And he prayed a protective hedge around his life. What did Jesus teach us to pray? Keep us from evil. Forgive us our debts, we forget. Forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation and deliver us from evil. Oh, Jabez was cooking, wasn't he? That you'd keep me from evil. Then he says, that I might not cause pain. He desired the purpose of God to be realized in his life. He knew he had a purpose. And his purpose was not to be a pain, but to be a pleasure to God and others. Amen? Throw up that last one there, Ike. The purposes of God. He desired God's will for his life. And he did not, and he refused the identity that his mother labeled him with. And he pressed through. And God granted him his request. A nobody became a somebody. He had a book. He, two verses. He made two verses here. But he had a whole book written about him this last few years. And old P. Sam's talking about him tonight. What a story. What a life. Think about this. If you only had two verses to define you, I can't think of a better two verses than the two given to Jabez. What a life. Whoo! Hallelujah. So with that in mind tonight, let's see law. Let's 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 ask God to guard this word in our heart. In fact, David said, Thy word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. Let's let the life of Jabez move us and motivate us to the purposes of God for our life. Amen? Let's stand up together. Hallelujah. Father, thank You, Lord, for this wonderful story. And so much truth and so much insight and so much revelation packed into two simple verses. Lord, let us embrace the life of Jabez as an illustration and a role model to live by. Let us learn from Jabez to be able to boldly come into Your presence with great faith.
and find favor with God and man. In Jesus' name, amen.